If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Todd. And I'm Ryan. And today's episode, we talk comedy. All right. So today, Todd, our fifth podcast, super excited. And today I want to talk to you about a YouTube video that I watched the other day, and I'm curious to have your take on it. Okay. Being a lover of comedy, uh-huh. this episode's going to be all about comedy. Ooh, good. Yep, yep. Uh, the YouTube video said that, and this was one of those like nerd writer type videos, you know, video essay type things. And the guy made the statement or the argument that every joke has one universal quality. And that universal quality is that someone or something is the victim in the joke. Something has to be the butt of the joke. He used the word victim. Other people would say butt of the joke or something's got to take the hit, basically. Right. And he made the reference, obviously, especially with films, since he was a film video essay guy. He yeah. used uh, uh, an example from Anchorman, from Hot Fuzz, and Airplane, I think. The one with that guy that used to do a ton of spoof videos. Yeah, yeah. Air- like, I can't think of his name. Spoof videos? Well, spoof movies. Oh, right, right, you know. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he did like all the horror movies and stuff like that. Well, he was in like one of them. Yeah. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Anyways. So I was curious what you thought about that or if you're like, uh, and it's, or if you're like, no, that's not really a novel concept. But to me, I was like, that's a really interesting thought. And then as we have tried to do some of our own comedy stuff, like I Love Jill, then I was like, I wonder if that is partly why it's not funny. And he talked about the fact that you obviously have to be careful. Right. With, um, you don't want to be a bully. Yeah. There's a fine line between being funny and being a bully. Yeah. And even to a certain degree, to some people you are funny yeah. and then to the group that's being made fun of you're a bully so um, he talked about uh, Jimmy Kimmel and making fun of the video game culture and like watching video games and how Jimmy Kimmel came out and made fun of people for watching other people play video games yeah. and how then the video game community gamer community like had this like backlash against him because of all these comments he was making and he leaned into it even more heavily <laughs> and made fun of them even more <laughs> yeah um, Versus Conan, who makes fun of himself. So he talked about like there's either you're making fun of someone. Self-deprecation. Yep, self-deprecating humor where yeah. you're making fun of yourself. Yeah. He was even like with puns, you know, who's the victim of the joke to a certain degree. The person making the pun is the victim of the joke, like the dad joke. Yeah. Who's the victim? The dad. The dad dad yeah. is. Yeah, and dad you almost culture. Kinda, yeah, you kind of roll your eyes at dad, yeah. even if you chuckle a little bit. Yeah. It was a very interesting, and I was like, I've never actually really thought about that, but I can't actually think of a joke that somehow someone or a group of people or institution or philosophical thought, you know, like religion yeah. or democracy or, you know, whatever, isn't at some point being made fun of and everybody's laughing right. at that thing, person, group, institution. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting thing. I was actually listening to the podcast with uh, Greg Daniels, uh, who did, like, The Good Place and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And uh, Dax Shepard was talking to him because they were saying that the thing about they love about The Good Place is that it's just doesn't make fun of anyone. And Dax was like, well, you actually make fun of, like, 
jocks and like kind of the the bullies yeah you know like the meathead guys the bros yeah and um well even like with where they talk about like uh certain rules their quick test to see if you deserve to be in the good place or the bad place and they're describing like people who like we all are like (laughs) oh but if you're one of those people yeah exactly yeah and so he uh it was interesting because he was like well someone because he said Dak said that exact same thing he's like People, I don't know how you're going to be able to do comedy in this day and age because someone has to be the victim. Yeah. You have to, like, make fun of someone. And uh, they talk about uh, comics who last. Oftentimes their their, their comedy is uh, comedy towards, like, a higher power. Like, those are the comedians who have the longevity. Like, go back and look at their jokes, and they're still funny because they're going towards, like, corruption power or you know things that yep. are kind of infinite um so yeah it's it's interesting i think there are humorous things that can happen that more of like but even like the moment can be the victim if that makes sense like you could laugh at a random event like that just I don't know, a squirrel falling out of a tree or something. Yeah, but then you're, but laughing, then at you're the laughing at the squirrel. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's... You're like, look how dumb that squirrel is. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. I, I guess comedy is a reaction to whatever is either speaks truth to you or um, is unexpected. I think those are... So obviously there is a truth to... Um, making fun of the jocks and like the good place and stuff like that. Cause he, uh, Dan- Greg Daniels talked about, uh, uh, is it Jason? I think. Yeah. Jason. And talked about how like, sure. Make fun of like Jacksonville, Florida, because it is legitimately the worst place. But Jason also has really good qualities, you know, like not only is he dumb, but, um, he cares and he listens, and he has a big heart, and you know it's it's almost like you're you're balancing the scales on that, but still the funny parts are that he's dumb, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're saying then that like anybody who comes from Jacksonville, Florida, or, right, or anybody like him is dumb, and we all laugh at it. Yeah. And I really I try to think about even just like modern day sitcoms and like um you know the Good Place is a great example. Uh, Last Man on Earth, like the comedies that we love yeah. that I would say are more on the progressive end of like, and and we've talked about doing an episode, which we'll do at some point, uh, yeah. the evolution of comedy on television yeah, sitcoms. Through, through the years of yeah, different sitcoms to where it is now. And all of them, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like there's, there, all the characters play some type of stereotype yeah. that we are laughing at. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, if you think of like Boyle, like he is constantly the butt of the joke. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about every single one of them, and even even I was like, well, Captain Holt, I'm not really laughing. He's not really the victim of the joke, but to a certain degree, he is he, because he's yeah. like the. It, we're not laughing at him being gay, which is what we would have done 20 right. years ago. We're laughing, or 10 years ago, maybe. We're, we're laughing at his like pretentious whine. You well, know. his robotic nature yeah. is what we're laughing at. Like, the fact that, like, he can – this is fun. You know, like, he's yeah. just so, like – Yeah, or he, he'll he be like, as you guys can tell, I'm very emotional right now. Yeah, exactly. And it's like he's talking <laughs> completely fine. And so we're you're right. We're laughing at his robotic yeah. nature, which not really anybody 
is like that right. in real life, so we can all laugh at it and it not hurt anyone right. because there's not that many people who are that robotic. Right. Well, and and a lot of those people, like I think of like Jason and them making fun of Tallahassee and stuff. Now, a victim would be someone who gets hurt by the joke. Jason never really cares. Well, but I don't think that the victim would be so much the person in the joke. Right. It would be the people who associate themselves with the person in the yeah. joke. So, you know, I mean, it's like Jason's a made-up character. Yeah. So, obviously, he's not going to get his feelings hurt. But if you're, you know, uh, let's say you're making a joke about a cat falling out of a tree. Yeah. And it then, you know, having something horrible happen to it. Well, anybody who loves cats might be offended. Yeah. Going back to the video game thing where he was making fun of them for watching, Jimmy Kimmel was making fun of them for watching video games instead of just playing video games yeah. and YouTube launching this whole video game watching part of their site. And uh, everybody, obviously, who doesn't play video games thought that was really funny. But the people who actually watch games got really offended yeah. because they're the people that he's associating that to. You know, in the same way that, um, you know, some of the stereotypes that have happened over the years that people have come out and said, hey, that's not appropriate from different minority groups. It's like they're they're being the brunt of that stereotype. Yeah. Whether it was meant to be funny or not. You know, in some situations it's more of a drama or whatever. Um but I think, you know, that as I thought about it, I just I really can't actually think of something where somebody isn't we're not ma- we're not laughing at somebody's expense. Right. I, I I think of I almost come and think of uh Dimitri Martin. Yeah, I thought about him actually. So he has that joke where he's talking, he's doing the pictures, and he's like, "These are birds flying in the sky," or just I call these, you know, it looks like little birds, and he's yeah. like, "I call these M's flying in the sky," you know, like that is a funny just play on words, a funny like a thing. I don't really know what the victim. Yeah, and I thought about that. I mean, I think to a certain degree, then he's making fun of. Our perception. Our perception. Like, we're almost kind of the, you know, like, our uh, joke, you know, like, where he says, like, glass half full versus glass half empty kind of thing. And he's like, it depends on what it is. Like, if it's uh, water and you're in the desert, then it's only half or it's half empty or whatever, you know. But it's a bad thing. Yeah. You know. But if it's uh, blended up babies. (laughs) Then it's a good thing if it's only half full, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and the, and so the whole idea, you know, but it's like, who is he making fun of? Well, he's kind of making fun of babies. Yeah. Right. I mean, but now do babies get blended up and put in a drink? Not really. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's making, I think once again, that's the intent of the joke. Like you can, you can do the, uh, I think there are very clear intended jokes that are meant to shock and awe and offend and that one I think where I was going back to our reaction uh, there's the, the, the comedy to truth and then the, uh comedy to reality or our, our reaction to reality obviously blended babies you know that's a more of a reaction to how we view reality because he's put us in a situation where yeah we could be in the desert looking at glass we're not going to be in a situation <laughs> I hope not you know it's it's funny because it's something we haven't experienced it'd be horrifying if it is something we had experienced you know it's yeah. almost like people who who make you know violent jokes or something it's funny to us because we literally have no 
concept of yeah. what that's like until we actually experience something violent. And then it becomes something totally different to us. So I, I think I think it's the the nature of the joke. I think anything at any point can be offensive if if we take it that way. Um, I think not all jokes are inherently meant to have a victim. I, I think, like, obviously the easiest jokes would be self-deprecating jokes. Um, it's interesting now you're seeing comedy kind of change uh, into a more reflective and less self-deprecating, less attacking and more story based and kind of telling their life story and telling it in almost an emotional funny way they're trying to they're trying to make comedy more like life and like a story it's it's very strange how like stand up comedy has evolved where um like I haven't watched Ellen's new stand up routine, but I guess that's kind of Hers is like that too, you know. She'll do some self-deprecating, some funny stuff up up top. But as she gets more into the meet up thing, she's bringing to like Mike Birbiglia really did that with his stand-up comedy. He would kind of trail off into little side anecdotes, stories, kind of like, can you believe this person? Or can you like he talked about how he got t-boned in a car accident, and the cop told him to. um pay the other guy's insurance and he was like what What are you talking about the guy t-boned me like and he was drunk and he's like just just do it and there's this whole story that goes around and it just kind of like involved his relationship with his girlfriend and and tying those all these things together and making it kind of funny so it's hard to in that instance, he's trying to bring you on a journey. I don't think he's trying to make anyone a victim. He's so I think to... "victim"'s a strong word that the yeah. guy uses. Like I wouldn't use that word, but I think uh, I think more what he was saying because right now, like "victim," such even a like uh, a po- politicized word that like it's such a hot hot yeah. word, you know, to use. Um, I feel like probably a better way to say it would be like you're always laughing at somebody. So yeah. even like the blended up babies, like we're laughing at the idea that yeah. a cup of blended up babies Which, would be a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, nobody blends up babies and puts them in a cup. Right. So we can all laugh at that and not have to worry about like actually having a real victim. Yeah. Um, if instead the joke was uh, a half a glass of aborted babies, yeah, it wouldn't be as funny. <laughs> <laughs> right or or it might be funny yeah but it, like in one in a shocking way yeah in a yeah. shocking way but like there's people who would potentially be very offended by oh, that yeah. so i don't think victim in the sense like of offensive yeah but you're laughing at somebody or something yeah um and something is kind of being the butt of the joke yeah. i think that's a better way to put it um and like even in your situation like what or the one you were just talking about which i haven't heard that so i can't completely speak on it but if he's saying like can you believe this cop and can you believe this guy who t-boned me yeah like we're laughing at the cop yeah and the yeah. guy who t-boned him yeah you know and so as i've been thinking about it, i'm like i really can't find something where you're not laughing at somebody's yeah expense yeah you know and the blended up babies you're laughing at the blended up babies yeah 
because you're like, oh, yeah, that would not be a good thing. A yeah. half a glass of blended up babies is horrible. Ha, yeah. ha, 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 ha. That's really funny now that if thinking of it that way. Now, and you're kind of laughing at like our obsession as a culture with these like little, like he takes common phrases and flips them on our head. Yeah. Um, in the same way that Key and Peel, a lot of times will take things that are like common that everybody sort of expects it to be a certain way and yeah. then flips it on their heads and makes them funny. Um, now here's my question. Did he put it up into like different categories? Because I could see it say it's like there is a subject matter that you make fun of. There is the self-deprecating. There is the metaphorical. There is the person. There is the higher power. You know, like is there was did he split it this video diary split up into categories like that uh, a little bit he more was just saying that like in each one like we're making like somebody is he's more saying a general statement that like whatever it is yeah whether it's those different categories like there's somebody that's being the taking the butt of the joke yeah um, and then you're laughing at something yeah you know versus just which obviously it's a joke you have to laugh at something right otherwise you're not laughing right 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 but the idea of that like you know uh, there has to be, and victims, like I said, is a strong word right. nowadays because of just where we're at in our Maybe culture. Maybe counterpart, or or, but I mean, I think like a butt of the joke has yeah. to be, you know, like yeah. somebody's got to be what the joke like lands on, right? You know, or yeah. bounces off of, or whatever. It's kind of like a magic trick, you know. You can't you can't make magic without something. Yeah, you know, you you have to. There has to be A to B. There has to be something like that. Yeah. Um, the way we construct words, there has to be a, a rhythm. Yeah. And with jokes, it is simply a structure of ideas and our reaction to it. And oftentimes our reaction is, you know, fist to face is a reaction. It can hurt. Comedy, I think, has to, the idea has to hit onto someone, like you said. Yeah. Um, it has to have something that you're laughing at. And I think obviously in the worst case scenario of that is is like the elementary school bully. Right. Where, you know, kid keeps trying to get up and they push him back down on the ground. Yeah. And everybody's laughing because it's so funny to watch this kid try to like yeah. futile stand up while the bully's pushing yeah. him down. Ha, ha, ha. That's funny. Yeah. And but, you know, and I think then there's a more that's like the worst version of laughing at something. Yeah. Laughing at that kid's like uh, situation. Yeah. And then there's. Uh, everything that's on one spectrum on the other end of spectrum is laughing at something that we can all laugh at and nobody gets offended but we're still laughing at something just yeah. in the same way you'd be laughing at that kid you know and so it's like I, when he said that I was like huh yeah that's a really interesting idea you know as we think about some of our own content you know like I love Jill uh, it didn't land as funny as I thought it would be and so I thought about it, and we've talked about yeah, how would we fix that? Was it just like a funny idea, but not a funny movie? Um, but one of the things is I think part of it was who are we laughing at in that movie? Yeah. Well, we're laughing at the girl, kind of. Yeah. Because like he's settling for her. Right. He's deciding whether or not he wants to settle for her. And we really, li- I mean, un- unintentionally, but to help sell the fact that like he was settling we made it to where she was like anybody in their right mind would not have dated an her. undesirable yeah we made her <laughs> undesirable 
Well, the the joke was she was pleasant at first, and then she went away, right? And yeah, what's it wasn't as, dripping at first, was it? No, no. So, but then as so, I mean, for people who haven't obviously seen it, which everybody, since right. it's not out. Uh, this guy sits down on an awkward date with a girl. She gets up to leave. You can tell it's kind of awkward. She gets up to leave to, to go to the restroom. They have ice cream cones. Yeah. She hands her ice cream cone to him. She goes to the restroom. It then pulls back to a wide shot on the bench, and he's sitting there with two other versions of himself. Yeah. And one version is more of the cynic and is yeah. trying to tell him to leave this girl. This yeah. date's going horribly. Just, just give up. Move on. The other guy is infatuated with the girl that works at the coffee shop, whose yeah. name is Jill. Yeah. So he's in love with Jill, uh, which is where the title of the movie comes from. But most of the movie, just because I recently watched that since it's going to um, a film festival later this month, uh, and I was watching the version that we were sending to him to make sure it was all good, most of the movie is the cynic one just, like, railing on the girl. Yeah, yeah. And really making some pretty, like, kind of nasty comments towards her about how she's sloppy yeah. and boring yeah. and this and that. And so it's like at the end you just feel bad for the girl. Yeah. You're not laughing at the girl. Yeah. You just feel bad for her. Yeah. And you're kind of even kind of like, well, this guy's kind of a schmuck. Like, this is girl's not that bad. Yeah. He should totally settle down with her. And so yeah. it's not actually funny because you just feel bad for the girl, like yeah. subconsciously. And then when she does finally sit down, then she does tell, like he talks about how she says, gives really long, boring stories. So she starts a long, boring story. And then she starts eating her ice cream and like spills it on herself, which is one of the other things that the cynic guy version of himself makes fun of her about. And then she eats it off her shirt. And it's like, yeah, she's has long stories and she's kind of messy, but it's like, it's really, it's still just like not that funny because yeah. the thing that we're laughing at yeah. isn't something that we can really get behind yeah. laughing at. Yeah. It is almost to a certain degree the bully pushing the other kid to the ground and you're like, well, I don't actually want to laugh at the bully yeah. pushing the kid on the ground. Yeah. Like, let the kid up for crying out loud. Yeah. You know? Like, if you don't like the kid, you don't have to push him on the ground. Just don't play with him on the playground. Go make other friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how the story feels. And so I was like, I think one of the biggest mistakes in that movie is that like the person that we're, that is kind of the victim of the joke, if you want to call it that, or the brunt of the joke, butt of the joke, whatever. Uh, is the innocent one. Is the innocent yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. It would be better, like I think originally intended, I think I wrote it to where the guy is supposed to be the butt of the joke. Yeah. But it doesn't actually come across that he's the butt of the joke. Right. He's supposed to be more like self-deprecating humor. Yeah. And instead, she looks like she's the butt of the joke, and he looks like the good guy, when in reality, like anybody watching, it could be like, this guy's a kind of a jerk. Yeah. And she seems nice. Yeah. Okay, so she has long stories. Okay, so she's messy. But she seems sweet and yeah. nice. Yeah. And, and even the casting... We casted a guy that was married to the actual girl. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they seem right for each other. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's like, you know, she's horribly ugly and he's Brad Pitt, you know, yeah. or anything. It's like these this couple seems appropriate for each other. Yeah. Uh, so it's just then not very funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost, I think, that type of humor you needed. So one of our favorite shows is, is AP Bio. And so Dennis in that show, or the main guy, Glenn Howerton, he uh, is kind of like the mean guy in, in yeah. I Love Jill. And he's like just 
talking about everyone else but the whole joke is that he is kind of the worst like he's a slob he's living his mom you know he's just like this like person that like is so narcissistic and so like but he's that's kind of it's always sunny in philadelphia it's the same way is that they would always look at everyone else and be like oh they're so horrible but really they are like garbage yeah and i think that is that's the type of humor that we probably should have done a little better with i love joe where he was like talking about her in this way but really in the end like he's like we could have had her like come back and then he told a long story to her yeah and then he had like the ice cream dripping down and all that stuff and then, and she, then leave. she leaves yeah you know and so that would have been a different yeah. you know kind of funnier where it's like yeah. that's the self-deprecating where he's like she's like blah, 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 blah. but it's like oh that's actually you're talking about yourself yeah. so yeah yeah well, and the middle guy who's sort of trying to defend their yeah. Them being on this date and everything, like he does a bad job also of not playing um, the more of the loser. Right. You know, yeah. like he needed to be more of a loser. Yeah. And instead he he more was trying to defend the girl. Yeah, he's where like really, a logical friend. Yeah, where instead like the uh, main, the actual guy, you know, sitting in the middle of the, in between these two other versions of himself, like he didn't really represent. Yeah. Uh, we didn't. We didn't. I didn't write him to where he was. He made himself the brunt of the joke. Yeah. I mean, another version of that could be like the forty-year-old virgin, you know, where he's just this loser of a guy who's forty years old and you know and has never had a you know this is his only girlfriend. He's still living in his mom's basement. You know that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And you could do that version of it, but then it would need to be like almost the the middle guy on the bench is that version. Yeah. Then the AP bio guy is on the right. Yeah. And then the guy who's just in La La Land in love with this coffee shop girl is on the left. Yeah. And then playing against each other a little bit better. And then you're right. I think if she had come back, if we had made her to where she actually is a catch yeah. and is a good girl yeah. and is a solid choice, and then she either leaves him or he leaves her, and we're all like, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah. You know, but playing more into, like, his psyche and everything. Yeah. Well, and that's that's also speaking of the truth. Like, how often do we have this obscured vision of other people, and we think we are the, the middle guy. We think we are kind of – but deep down, we're all garbage. Like, yeah. <laughs> deep down, we are, like, the worst possible people. I think that's why we laugh at, like, AP Bio or yeah. uh, Rest of Element, where these people are these extreme versions. Like, we watch uh, Friends and stuff like that, and you're like – I don't really relate to these people because, like, they're beautiful. They have, like, great jobs. But they're, like, a different type of person where they're, like, they're bad, but they don't really, like, come out full saying that they're garbage. Whereas, like, you watch It's Always Sunny and they are, like, truly just garbage, garbage people. And you laugh at that because it is so insane, so crazy. But when you're left by yourself with your own thoughts right <laughs> with your own like you you're garbage you know we are garbage yeah. so i think uh becoming that like deep down person i don't know it, it's it'd be interesting because you do need almost that devil's advocate of that back and forth yeah. of the good guy and the bad guy but i yeah. think yeah, yeah so as i thought about it though i was just like that's why it's not really that funny yeah. Because we're making fun of somebody that most people don't want to laugh at. Right. And I think that was what this guy was saying in his, he included his, like part B of his video essay was, if every joke has someone who's the butt of the joke, who should be the butt of the joke right. to be funny? Yeah. And even have your humor and comedy last over time 
to where it isn't inappropriate yeah. three, four, five years later when all of a sudden culture has changed and it's no longer okay to make fun of little people yeah. or it's not okay anymore to make fun of mentally challenged people mm-hmm. or it's not okay anymore to make fun of homosexuals. You know, because like all of that is stuff that over my lifetime I have watched shows and movies and stand-up comedians and late-night show hosts who do that. Yeah. And now they're not doing it at all. You know, you even look at some of these people who things are coming back that they made fun of or made jokes about 10, 12 years ago, and now it's hurting their careers now because it was appropriate to make that joke 12 years ago. Yeah. And it's not appropriate to make that joke anymore. Yeah. Or maybe appropriate's a bad word. You can get away (laughs) with it. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe is a better way to put it. I I think that's where, like, people like – Michael Schur and Greg Daniels and the guys who did like The Office and Parks and Rec and The Good Place and all that and Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, their humor maybe will live longer than say Adam Sandler's humor because we were watching uh, Bedtime Stories. Do you remember that Adam yeah. Sandler movie? That movie does not age well. It's bad. It's really really bad. And they have a little person like joke and stuff like that, and you're just like, ooh, this is this is rough. But then you go and watch. Um, Parks and Rec, I don't know if you've ever seen Parks and you haven't watched I've never Parks. watched all the way through. So one of the funniest like jokes about Parks and Rec is that they Pawnee um ha- like is obsessed with this little horse called Little Sebastian. And like it is like their god. Like they're like they see him and they're just like, This is the best thing. And Ben Wyatt is a character who is not from Pawnee, but he's a new character you know, he comes in and he's trying to be excited, but you can tell he just like doesn't get why everyone's so excited. And it's this it's this that's the good type of humor where it's like no one's really getting hurt in that type of humor. We're laughing at the fact that like we're laughing at like their excitement it's a joyful excitement it's a joyful laughing because like we can relate with ben being like we are not as excited as these people are but like because they're so like just like like ron swanson is the most like hardcore like nothing brings him joy but when he sees little sebastian he giggles he's like you know like he just is like so and he's like running over and you know he's like bully like it's just the, the reaction to this little pony is so great and so it's it's humor like that where no one i guess collectively everyone is the quote-unquote uh brought the joke but it's in a good, playful way. It's in an uplifting way. It's in a healthy way. Whereas, uh, like, the way Michael just hates Toby in The Office, it's funny because Toby's almost this blah character that is just, like, lifeless and doesn't ever really react to Michael's hate. So it's okay. It's still, like, a. it's a more of a mean humor because uh, we're laughing at like michael's hate towards toby but because toby has no reaction i think it would be a different thing if toby was like why does he do that you know yeah. like like he was like legitimately like hurt and it was just like a bad thing but because other people in that world call michael out because other people in that world are like what what is going on michael you know yeah. uh i think those are the type of humor that like kind of lives on where that relentless kind of bullying that relentless where where the person who is re- the brunt of the joke is hurting is uh is reacting in a painful way that's when it's like oh this is this is bad and not like comically painful yeah. but in a really real like yeah <laughs> i'm hurt way yeah and i think that's like the uh negative side 
right, of of this idea, which so far I really, even absurdist comedy, I've tried to think of that, and even like absurd comedy, which I enjoy, it's almost making fun of us. Like we're almost in the brunt of It's making of the joke. fun of like reality. Yeah. And, yeah. and like our, our expectations of reality. Right. You know, the fact yeah. that we all uh, – Assume that things are going to be a certain way because they've always been that way. Yeah. And then absurdists are making fun of our assumptions about life. Yeah. Um. So I I really can't think of anything where there isn't somebody that you're laughing at in yeah. a joke. Whether obviously the bad side of that is you don't want to make jokes where you're making fun of somebody who you're genuinely hurting. Yeah. And I think especially as Christian comedians, your goal would never be to be the bully. Yeah. Um. And you should always be aware of other people's feelings. Yeah. Um, the flip side of that, or the other side of that, where it's like, well, how do you use this understanding to tell better jokes? Mm-hmm. And I kind of go back to I Love Jill. You have to choose the person that you're making fun of well to where it's funny. It's something or somebody that we all want to laugh at. Yeah. You know, so going back to like The Office, like Dwight is a is my by far my favorite character <laughs> because it's so easy yeah. to laugh at Dwight. Yeah. And to a certain degree we do all kind of know somebody like Dwight who's so hardcore yeah. about something at a ridiculous dumb level. Yeah. And you want to tell that person in real life, chill out. You are ridiculous. <laughs> Why are you like this? Yeah. We can all laugh at that person though because we want to. Yeah. Like we all want to be able to like genuinely laugh. But he also doesn't react. Like he doesn't really care. Like he he is almost this. Almost, oh, he just leans into it even yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But even if he did, yeah, you're right. I think in this, when you're making the story, Dwight, the character, yeah, the fictional character, doesn't get his feelings hurt. He yeah. just like pushes into even more right. of his Dwightisms. Well, and Dwightness. he's on like a separate plane. Oh yeah, for of sure. That, of a reason. Yeah, you know, and even more extreme than anybody. I don't know anybody who's actually really like Dwight. Yeah. I know people who are similar to Dwight, yeah. but I don't know anybody who's absolutely like Dwight, especially in all areas of their life like yeah. he is. But I think, you know, you have to pick characters that everybody wants to laugh at. Yeah. You know, like that we all want to, like I think that's where you know, a good co- comedian with fresh content, you know, takes content or takes an idea or takes a, a a thought or a group of people or a way of, you know, like thinking about things that we haven't had a chance to almost release the pressure valve on. Yeah. To where we're all like, yes, I do want to laugh at this person yeah. for being ridiculous or nonsense or insane, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so finding the right per- – Finding the right thing to laugh at, I think, is like, is the key to like using this, yeah, to make better comedy. Yeah, yeah, I think with like Dwight and so we, there's Scully and Hitchcock and Brooklyn Nine Nine, how they just like make fun of them all the time. But once again, nothing touches them. They don't care. Like they live in that. Like if they they lean, you know, it's like you guys are disgusting. Like you haven't wait, you haven't seen us till like three a.m. You know, yeah. like they they make weird jokes where it's like they're going to be even more disgusting. You know, that they, they there is nothing you can do to touch them. With Dwight, it is uh when Jim is like pulling pranks on him is more of uh making fun of his 
superiority complex his uh you know because he's always i'm better than everyone yeah and he exposes those things you know they exposing uh the calling against the higher power in that sense is our ego and i think if if jim had like attacked him through his looks through his um I, there's there's like certain lines that you'll see in the show that like they know that they cross and that they have to like repair um like when Jim threw the snowball at Dwight in the office you remember that uh I think so yeah and then that's when Dwight's like are you ready to do this like you actually want to do this and so then he just goes full on war with like Jim you know yeah. like just completely like built all the snowmen in the parking lot and Jim's like freaking out and you know he's got like rocks or something in his snowball so the reaction to something mean has like a greater reaction yeah and so I think it's it's almost like you have to set the rules for what the comedy is so when it's bullying there is no you know that's the sucker punch that yeah. is the uh that's just becomes cruel and mean. And that's not something that obviously we should laugh at. We should create a context that if we are going to do a bullying, that then it should be bullied back to them. So like Michael's probably a better example of that. Michael's a great and example. Usually people of that. are like Michael and they all get upset. Exactly. They call him well. out. And so we're laughing at Michael. Yeah. The cringe. Yeah. yeah. The cringe joke. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or or it's always sunny in Philadelphia, you know, all these are horrible people, but their lives are terrible. Like the fact that like Charlie, um, he wants to genuinely do good, but like the fact that like everyone in his gang, but he doesn't really know what good is. Like that's the thing is they all want to be, they, the, the premise of the show is it starts out, they have an idea for something that's going to better their lives, better like the pub's life. And then by the end of the episode, they've given up on that idea and they celebrate the fact that they are horrible human beings. So it it's a circle of, of you know, that's the rules. That's what's – and then in that, they can do little jokes. But it all comes back to the fact that, like, their circumstance, who they are, where they are in life is a joke. They can kind of lash out at society. They can do all these things because at the end of the day, Charlie's killing rats in the basement. He's with a bat, you know, and and uh cleaning the toilets out with a toothbrush. You know, like it's just their lives are so bad and so terrible that it's just like <laughs> well, it's just a mess of chaos. So it's like who's the victim? Well, everyone and Everything is the victim, and well, I mean, the brunt but of the they're joke. the brunt of the joke, exactly. And it's okay to laugh yeah. at people who are bad, yeah. And that's right. the self-deprecation, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's self-deprecating humor because yeah. they're the ones making the joke, yeah. Um, it's just instead of it being Conan O'Brien or one of us talking about our weekend where we make fun of you know us being on a la- on an athletic or, yeah. or whatever, you yeah. know, we then it's them telling a whole story, yeah. about people who are like we are making they are making fun of themselves by their actions. Right. Um so I um I think for me like obviously the I don't ever want to try to make fun of somebody. So that part of like an actual victim of a joke, I mean I always try to avoid that. Right. Um and I think you and I both uh 
grew up doing the self-deprecating humor. Mm-hmm. So that's more our, our style of humor. Yeah. Um, but as far as, so I look at it more of, okay, how can I use this to make better comedy? Yeah. You know, and, and do better, like the Rebel Pilots thing. You know, I find that funny, but like, what am I at that point making fun of? Right. You know, and some of them that I thought was funny when I had the idea wasn't as funny when we filmed the mm. little trial runs of them. Yeah. And watched them back. And I think some of that is because what we're making fun of isn't good enough. Yeah. Like it's not actually funny enough or yeah. we're not making fun of it enough. Yeah. You know, or we're not bringing the the humor to for people to laugh at or we're maybe not drawing out the parts of it that are funny and worth laughing at. Yeah. You know, making fun of basically, you know. Yeah. So if we're making fun of the cooler, you know, water cooler office humor but doing it in the Star Wars universe of two rebel pilots flying around bored on yeah. on on um, patrol. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, then we need to like really lay into certain parts of it to make sure that we're everybody knows what we're laughing at versus the office or yeah. versus um, office space or other ones where they made fun of the people that, you know, the people that work in these boring office situations. Yeah. Um so, anyways, it was uh, it was an interesting. That is interesting. I think with the Rebel Pilots, it's also because it's a themed thing. Oftentimes, themed comedy is to make fun of the world of that, yeah. where where Rebel Pilots are revered in the Star Wars world. We would be showing here are two ordinary Rebel Pilots. Yeah, uh, it's it's almost I think of like the elves in it in a loitering sketch or something. Yeah. They usually sh- kind of show them as dumb or they show them as, as you know, like something yep. other than what they are in the, in the show. And yep. so I think, uh, that yep. would be the interesting thing is if we are wanting to make the rebel pilots a series, which is the plan is how do you keep that DNA of a theme show because it's not just a Starfighter show. It's not just a, yeah. you know, it's not, it is, we are playing on, it would be in the Star Wars world. Right. We're making fun of Star Wars. Exactly. And yeah. so it's, I think that's where like the funny things that hit are like the Star Wars comments, the, the Banthas, the, yeah. have you, but like creating it in the world of, it's the mixture of making, not making fun, but the, the absurd reality of everyday life within the extraordinary world of Star Wars. Yeah. And that's where like the two things like mix and it's funny because it's it's a it's speaking truth to everyday life by yes, all of us have to reset our routers at some point. All of right. us, you know all of us have a podcast we're listening to, you know, or yeah. something like that. But it's the absurdity that it is in Star Wars. This fantastical yeah. world of so Star Wars. So we're making fun of everyday life. Right. The boring aspect of life and yeah. a, and the boring aspect of a job. Yeah. And we're making fun of Star Wars yeah. at the same time. And I think and I guess that's where I'm saying where when I watched that video, I was like, I think this is one of the most important things to remember when writing comedy scripts and I did think about Rebel Pilots and I Love Jill and me and you both love comedy and would write more comedy if we could and would like to write more comedy than we already currently are and I was like I think one of the keys to always keep in mind while writing comedy is what is the thing I'm making fun of Yeah, and making sure that I always stay true to that you know in in drama and other stuff 
they always talk about like what's the theme yeah that you're trying to hold on to so in lord of the rings you know the theme is you know that the smallest of us can make the biggest of impacts you know or that hope exists you know and and can that it's worth fighting for yeah uh you know there's all these little themes obviously through each movie and you always want to make sure your dialogue your scenes your your whole script like points back to that theme yeah and that the bad guys represent almost the anti-theme and the good guys represent the pro theme and they battle at each other out in conflict and your theme overcomes as the as the true correct answer to yeah. whatever question that you're asking and the answer is that theme yeah you know? uh so i feel like in comedy it's like instead of a theme it's more of what's the thing that you're making fun of yeah and as long as that stays consistent throughout the whole thing yeah you know yeah, I think I think with it's I was just thinking here, thinking of my favorite comedies and and why certain comedies are so good and some comedies kind of flop, fall flat after a while is I've always heard the the there's got to be beats in in a show, especially comedy. And so the jokes it's not just one long joke. It is joke, 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 joke you know within the narrative of the story whereas like a short video maybe has the one joke you know because it is a minute long 30 seconds yeah. long so you you gotta really nail that one joke whereas the office from the cold open to almost the end of the show you want to have jokes you could probably count every time they have jokes i just think about every time uh like that AP Bio episode uh, last week, where it was like the whole day, you know, or the yeah. the first like the hour, first thirty minutes, yeah, and it was just like one thing after another one, yeah. you know, and each character something funny is happening, yeah. and it's keeping that beat and it's keeping yeah. that flow of the show. Yeah, and those are like the best episode, and then yeah. uh, the Goldbergs, they've kind of have like hit this point where it's like there's funny funny and then they have like the emotional beat and it yeah. kind of just ends on like a almost like the air is coming out of a balloon and yeah like, and to a certain degree you could say that when sitcoms take that turn to where they start making it more sentimental or more serious or they kind of develop the characters a little bit so yeah. you feel more connected to them and you feel for them those jokes then become less funny yeah because it's harder for us to laugh at at murray yeah if now all of a sudden Murray is being more empathetic Human. and more understanding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He becomes less of a caricature yeah. and more of our actual dad. Yeah. And it's hard to laugh at your actual dad yeah. if you liked your dad. Yeah, you, you, know? you, could, you could laugh at him and now all of a sudden there's one episode and you realize, oh, he feels everything. And you're like, yeah. wait, what? Well, if like, that's the case, then I feel bad yeah, laughing exactly. at him in these other situations where his kids are giving him a hard time for sitting on the couch in his underwear. Yeah. And you're like, if he's sitting on the couch in his underwear because he feels lonely – and he feels like his family has forgotten about him or they're all getting older and moving out and he feels like he's missed his opportunity to connect. I mean, like that's then all of a sudden sad. Yeah. That's not funny. Yeah. And and that's the thing with, with Michael is the things that we emotionally connected with him, we were never actually making fun of or yeah. we weren't like laughing or, or being annoyed by him of, you know, yeah. his his emotional, he had emotional maturity and growth, but he still had mo we laughed at his immaturity. We laughed at these things that like should be kind of pointed out, should be yeah. like, okay, we need to like remove these things. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with Michael, his obliviousness to the situations yeah. that yeah. he's in is what's always the most funny. Yeah. Where it's like, 
Michael is actually trying, as he emotionally develops, he tries harder yeah. to be yeah. a better person. Yeah. And what he tries to do is actually worse <laughs> than what he was doing before he was trying. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, on like, you know, African American month, they would have an episode. I could see them. They didn't. Um, they didn't do this, but they could have an episode where he just doesn't get it. Right. And he thinks that it's silly that there's even a month for that. Right. And then he learns that there's no, there's an appropriate reason why we have that month yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And so then next t- year he does blackface. Yeah, exactly. Because he yep. wants to support yep. them. And you're like, no, he no, no. A character, black that Michael is way <laughs> worse, Michael. <laughs> yeah. You know. And usually there's somebody to actually say that. Either yeah. Pam. Stan, Stan would be like, oh, yeah, Stan, no. <laughs> yeah, and then it's funny, you know, and a lot of times they probably wouldn't even let that be the whole episode. Yeah. It would just be the opener, yeah. and you'd have exactly. it on. And then the rest of the episode, he would have washed it off. Yeah. But he has other plans. He has a little bit on his ear or something. Yeah, yep. he has other plans that he's going to do, and for the rest of the episode, we see the remains of him learning the lesson yep. that that was wrong. Yeah. And he's not going to, like, admit that. He would say, well, so it didn't start out so great, but I got other guys' <laughs> ideas, you know. And then at the very end, maybe Stan would see that he was trying yeah. and say, you know, thanks Michael yeah whatever, exactly you know? and so it's like I feel like that's then we're laughing even at his effort yep yep that's exactly uh, right yep. where the Goldbergs the two funniest characters well the most funniest character on that show was Beverly yeah but as they're developing her and her evolution and her kids leaving she's becoming less funny because we feel bad yeah. for Beverly yeah She's like a, a mother, and we're like, this is our mo- We can laugh at her sweaters? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and so, and the problem is, it, it's like, we're realizing that, like, her need for overmothering her kids is coming from this insecurity that she yeah. has. And so now it's not so funny to laugh at anymore. Yeah. And I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine is another example. Diaz, uh, right? Isn't that her name? Yeah, yeah. Rosa. Uh, Rosa. Yeah, Rosa. Uh, Initially, she was a funny character because she was all leather and yeah. tough, you know. But now she's bi. Yeah. Now she's opened up more about her life. Now her parents don't accept her. Now all of a sudden, it's not as funny. Yeah. She has this hard shell on her that everything that she doesn't care about anybody or anything. Yeah. She realized, oh, she actually cares a lot about yeah. everybody and everything. And her hard exterior is actually her her defense mechanism for how much she cares. Yeah. And because she's gotten hurt and because people have abandoned her and because she doesn't feel loved. Well, now it's not funny. Yeah. At all. <laughs> you know? Now you feel bad for her. Yeah, it. exactly. You know? And so I guess that goes back to it's like, I love Joe. What's the problem? We're making fun of somebody that nobody wants to laugh at. Yeah. As the writer, as the director, as the filmmaker. I made fun of somebody. You know, I made something that makes fun, is making fun of somebody that nobody actually wants to laugh at. Yeah. Because we, we feel bad for the girl. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so, you know, not, so as we were like trying to be funny and write good humor, it's like, I think picking the right person to, to picking the right thing and the right person or picking the right way to laugh at that person is so important to be able to make the joke stick. And then also developing that character in a way to where we can still keep laughing at them, even if we develop them as a character. Because obviously, like you're saying, throughout a movie, a character still needs arc. Yeah. They still need to develop and you still need to change. We still need to see them come into conflict and grow as a character. Michael grows through the office. Yeah. Dwight grows through the office. Yeah. But they're still hilarious. Yeah. All the they're way great. through. Yeah. You know, because like Dwight still, the parts that we're make, laughing at 
Dwight about. We're, yeah. we're genuinely laughing at him. We're we're laughing at the fact that he lives in this like other century. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that part stays true on yeah. him the whole time, even if the whole arc with him and his like love relationships yeah. like is like super changing and dynamic and, and he grows and you know, I mean even um uh I can't think of like the Pam and Jim. Jim, yeah. Uh, everybody who is listening to this, gonna <laughs> stop listening because <laughs> okay. I can't remember Jim's thing. But uh, which is the two people, yeah. Kyle and Evan, are no longer going to listen to this because they're like Ryan doesn't remember Jim. <laughs> he doesn't know. But uh, the moment where Jim goes and sees Dwight in the stairwell, yeah. and he's crying and he's sad yeah. and he's upset because of everything that's happening with Angela. With who? Angela, yeah. Like that is like a beautiful moment, mm-hmm. but like it doesn't. They wrote it so well that, like, he still remains Dwight. Right. We can still laugh at Dwight being ridiculous. Yeah. Because he still is. Yeah. Well, it's because he, as a character, like, that is another side of development. When we think of developed characters, we think, oh, they're going to become likable. But he almost closes himself off even more after that. And I think that's relate that's true like that's a real thing we're like oh yeah dwight would actually like probably become you know have that moment of vulnerability but because jim kind of left maybe before he could like open up he's like oh i'm gonna close up more yeah you know and but he still sees like he hates jim but at the same time like like loves him you know like it's this weird like relationship yeah well and like we're not ever in that moment they're not making it to where we where they're developing what we laugh at about Dwight. Yeah. They're developing the part that we don't laugh at. Yeah. They never make jokes about Dwight's love life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they might make soft jokes about it's just being funny that Dwight has a girlfriend yeah. or this or that. But like Pam, Or that he brings his babysitter to uh you know, the yeah. dinner party. But yeah. like Pam and Jim, yeah, his 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 Dwightness of trying to get back at Angela yeah. and all that kind of stuff is great. Yeah. But Pam and and um Jim are always actually encouraging yeah. of the relationship yep. even though they're the ones that are usually saying the joke that we're all laughing yeah. at when it comes to making fun of Dwight the parts that we make fun of Dwight is more the the Dwight-isms of yeah. Dwight and that part like they never really develop they leave that as like a part of his character trait that like that's just who Dwight is and yeah. we can continue to laugh at it all the way into the very end of the season uh, yeah. the whole show Yeah, because it's like we never find out that like oh Dwight's like that because his father was abusive Yeah, if that happened that would be a different story. Exactly, we wouldn't want to laugh at it yeah. anymore. Well, and and we find out, and it's funny ways that we find out is like it's almost like he's this old school. He's like your grandpa, uh, you know. He's like, oh, the the shrews have a have a long history of you know, like the fact that he comes in with the tuxedo and he's like, this was my grandfather that I had to yeah. you know dig up his grave. Like that's insane and absurd, but like totally what Dwight would do. You yeah. know, uh, it's it's. Yeah, I think it is. It's that calling the higher power. The fact that like he can so blatantly call out women, but that's how he is. You know, like where he says things about their like menstrual cycles, and they're like, "Why you can't say that?" You know, he's like, and he's just so like on the farm. You would do that. You know, like yeah. that's his world. That's his life. Yeah. But they're calling out because they're wanting him to. You know, culturally, that's wrong. Or when he wants to be a dictator of the office, like yeah. they're calling the pow- out to power. You know. Yeah. So it is interesting to find out what is to humor goes bad and jokes go bad when it is 
directed towards the weak and it's directed towards the innocent and it's directed towards people who don't deserve it, people that we feel, people who... Um, well, and I think it's also if they make fun of something that enough of the audience actually identifies with. Right. So let's take Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I was thinking about all the different characters on there. You know, you have, you know, Captain Holt, mm -hmm. who is a gay black man, yep. but they never make fun of the fact that he's gay or black. Right. But they do make fun of his robotic and even sophisticated nature. Right. Like, well, I normally only eat, drink this kind of wine, but since we're partying and getting drunk, I guess I'll drink this kind. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we don't even know what he's talking yeah. about. But it's funny, right? Yeah. And most likely the people who are elite enough to act like that in real life aren't watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Right. So it's totally fine for all of us regular blue-collar people to laugh yep. at the elitism of knowing these different wines. Yeah. Right? Or the robotic nature of his emotions and all that kind of stuff yep. because it's unrealistic. He's at that point a Dwight character. Yeah. Right? Like that doesn't exist in the real world. <laughs> so it's easy to laugh at. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Amy – uh, we already talked about um, Rosa. Uh, we already talked about Boyle. Boyle yeah. is like the ridiculous needy friend. Well, and he's resilient. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the thing is it's he doesn't care. He is. He is. You could say, you'd be like, oh, what, what's going on? What are you doing, Boyle? And it's just like doesn't you yeah, know doesn't face like, him. I love being here. I love being with yeah, you guys. Yeah, you could call him out for who he is, and he embraces it and says yeah. that he wants to be more of it. Exactly. Yeah, yep. which is kind of once again kind of like Dwight. Yeah, where it's like you call Dwight out, and Dwight would be like, "No, you're the wrong one. Yeah, this is the right way to live." <laughs> yeah. And Boyle might say, "Oh, I know that I'm pathetic." Like he, you know, his whole thing—a defense mechanism is to lay down and act like they're dead. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole Boyle plan. Yeah, the pushovers. <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. Boy um, milk, yeah. So, uh, so they're definitely making fun of that caricature. Yeah. But to a certain degree, like none of us in society are that weak right. or that accepting of our weakness. We don't like <laughs> lean in to yeah. our weakness. You know, we yeah. try to kill any part of ourselves that is boilness. Yeah. You know, so we can all laugh at it, and even if we identify with it, it's the part of ourselves that we wish we didn't have. Right. So it kind of allows ourselves to laugh at ourselves. Yeah. Like, oh wow, I'm a needy friend or yeah. oh I'm a needy spouse or I'm this or whatever <laughs> like neediness is almost what they're making fun yeah. of um, obviously Peralta I mean he's kind of making fun of himself half the time even though he's the star of the show uh, you know it's definitely self deprecating yeah humor. he's just goofy like weird uh, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say that as that show has progressed his he has become less funny to me yeah probably just because the joke starts getting old a little bit yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because it's like, okay, he's showing glimmer. Well, once again. They're developing we, him. Well, and they're developing, and we've seen that his dad, like, abandoned yeah. him. We've seen, like, all yeah. these other things, yeah. and you're like. Yeah, to a certain degree, Ooh. he's becoming the friend or, like, the girlfriend or spouse or, what you know, that person in your life that you actually genuinely care about. Yeah. Who's so self-deprecating that you're like, dude. Yeah. You're not that horrible. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. It's like, stop. Like, I think you have some self-conscious or like self-insecurity issues yeah. that you should go talk to somebody about. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you need to know you have value in this yeah. world and that people care about you. Which is maybe you. why they did that last episode. I actually haven't been watching them uh, okay. more recently. But, uh, but yes, maybe they did that, which hopefully they're, re they're realizing this and redeeming it. The character that I think is actually kind of interesting. Uh, that, Jamie. Say what? Amy? Yeah, Amy. Because Amy is a perfectionist and somebody who wants to do a really good job. She's the person who tries too hard. And that's a person that exists a lot out in the world. Yeah. And yet they're making fun of that person. And that's like the one that I'm like, I don't think that 
is going to potentially age as well. Yeah. Like over time, having the person who they're like making fun of who's trying really hard because it's like we all try real hard and we all don't want to really be made fun of about it. Yeah. You know, and I mean, they go over the top with her, which is where they're trying to, but they're, she's basically a nerd. Yeah. And they're making fun of her for being a nerd. Yeah. I, I think that would be the case if she never like did anything with that knowledge. There are, there are lots of episodes that we've seen that she self cases because she's yeah. super smart or she's got things covered. Like, like even, and I think that's where Jake, kind of balances it out because like when he the things he lacks she kind of covers for that yeah and she sees him you know and and the things that she lacks he covers you know like he's super supportive of her that that kind of relationship that they've right grown their relationship potentially redeems her exactly exactly and allows us to laugh at her and love her at the same right time. Yeah. yeah i could see that but i i still think like that's the one that i'm like Really, she is like the counter opposite right. to him, yeah. And I'm sure that's why she was put in the show. Even the fact that the opening episode was them competing on who would get the most, get to the next, yeah, cases yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. And if you know, if she won, he got, she got his car, and if he won, she had to go on a date with him, yeah. and and that's like how it starts. Yeah. It's like their competition against each other. Um, but it was like that's like the only one that I'm like that's kind of you know because if you think about like the other one like Sergeant. Um, Sarge, yeah, yeah, Sarge. Like they're making fun of the fact that he loves yogurt. Yeah, which I was like, I was thinking through this, like the things that they choose to make fun of. Like his is probably the weakest if you think about it. They're yeah, making fun of the fact that he works out a lot <laughs> and that he eats yogurt. Yeah, <laughs> and that he, every once in a while, I tease him about talking in the third yeah. person or getting intense about stuff. I think they have to do that because he's such a big character. That's almost like it's like the lovable giant bear or, you know, giant dog who lets the kitten that old cartoon where it's a big dog and he has a little tiny kitten. Yeah. Kind of controls him, you know, like, yeah. but he's like so concerned about this kitten. And yeah. He's this massive dog. So I think it's almost with with Halt or with with Sarge is like that is kind of he's so big, so invincible is that they have to kind of almost like what's the, the smallest thing? Exactly, the smallest his thing. His daughter. Yeah, and with all these characters, other than well, even Scully and, and Hitchcock, they do have redeemable factors for all of them. Yeah, you know, Holt at the end of the day is the wise one. Uh, Rosa, like she was BA from the beginning. We all knew that, but the fact that she is now showing emotion. Rosa is definitely Diaz is definitely an interesting one. Uh, Jake is is. Yeah, he's goofy and funny, but then has moments where he knows the worth of Amy. He knows his worth as a as a husband to take care of Amy. And then Amy, like, she's so worried about being perfect that it's, like, it's also okay that, like, your wisdom, your 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 brains do help in the end of the day. And, like, your preparedness is good. But also you as a person are valued even if you mess up. And, you know, like... Boyle is a good friend at the end of the day, and and so like they all have redeeming factors. I think help if they didn't, if it was just constantly that one joke that they just kept showing, and they didn't show the redeeming factors. Like I think that's where we go back to Goldberg's, and we see the dad, and we're seeing that he has a good heart, but he's also like emotionally abusive to his kids sometimes you know where he's like calling them dummy and stuff like that and it's like yeah we're supposed to like take it where he's like he loves them but he never actually says he loves them like that's the whole thing yeah. he's like 
uh, and then it's like, I know, you know, like little yeah. moments like that where you're like, okay, I, I don't, I know that this is like supposed to be their life, but those are not like good things. You know, I think that's what made Michael endearing in the office is that he genuinely wanted children. He genuinely cared for his workers. Yeah. He may not have known he didn't have the social awareness or the, you know, personal awareness to do that. Right. But like it's the little things where he's flirting with Phyllis and but then the the funny thing was that is, you know, he's like, I heard in high school someone, you know, was super cute when he usually calls Phyllis fat or something. And it's just like really mean. But then Phyllis says, oh, I thought Michael knew about the baby I gave up in high school, you know, and that's the like layered joke within that. And you're like, whoa, you know, it's we were going back talking about how uh the interview sections kind of build on the joke of what's yeah. happening in the moment. Yeah. And so the office can do layers like that where it's kind of taking in three yeah. different areas. But yeah, I think, I think there has to be, I think with I love Jill is our guy maybe didn't have a redeemable factor. I mean, yeah. And I don't, I think the, um, I agree with you that, you know, you have to have some kind of redeemable part, if you're going to make fun of somebody, it's almost like the bless their heart. Yeah. Bless your heart after you, after you make a joke about somebody, Yeah, you know, to say like, almost like you're making fun of your friend versus you're making fun of somebody to just make fun of them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Hey, I'm making fun of you, but you know, I love you. Yeah. You know, um, I think if you can redeem them and make it to where people still care for them, it's like a, it's like a, the double whammy, right? Yeah. You're like you laugh and you love them at yeah. the same time. Um, but I think you have to be like really careful with the redeemable part really because careful. otherwise you redeem them in a way to where you don't want to laugh at them anymore. Right, exactly. Uh, because you feel bad. Yep. Uh, and I think with with a lot of shows, I feel like that's where they end up jumping the shark is the yeah. moment where they redeem them so much that you don't want to laugh at them anymore. Yeah. And then, so then the jokes aren't funny anymore because you feel bad for the person. Yeah. And And even if it's like all on a subconscious level – it's just like, well, Beverly's just not as funny anymore, yeah. you know. Um, it's that's where we go to the new girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we go to those characters. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like the joke of like um, Schmidt. Yeah. Um, who was um, was it? Was that Jake too? Well, Nick. 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 Yeah. yeah uh, you know, Nick. Um, as people will soon learn on this podcast, I'm horrible <laughs> with remembering people's names. Uh, Nick, they redeemed his character enough to where then. It wasn't funny with him being a slob yeah. and, and uh, a waste of yeah. a human being. Um, and then even when they started him, they kind of brought him back to that. It's like they redeemed him a little bit and then made him a slob again. Yeah. It's like, no, we've already been past the slob yeah. thing. You know, you almost feel bad. Like, come on, like he's supposed to be better than this. But then the problem that they are in the writer's room, the conundrum that they've written themselves into is, well, now that he's no longer a slob, what are we making fun of? Yeah. If he has his life together... Who is he? Yeah. The whole point is that he's a he's a slob with his life not together. Yeah. When everybody else does have their life together. And yeah. he's working in the bar and he doesn't, you know. And it's like, if he's not that guy, then yeah. what jokes do we write for him? Yeah. Didn't it show, like, like yeah, that's where they jumped up because it was like he didn't have his life together. And then you find out that, like, he passed the, like, law bar or something. Yeah, he... um yeah, he passed. He was gonna be a lawyer. Yeah, then, he passed the bar. Yeah, that's where it's almost like he should like gone back. And then the joke was that like he still failed. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like with that show, where with him, it's when he 
um, was dating Megan Fox, Ugh. and he goes to New Orleans, and he comes back with a book that everybody wants to read. Right. And at that point, he's a successful author. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter if he wants to lay around his house in his underwear all day long. He's a successful author. Yeah. Like, you can do that when you're yeah. a successful author. So now it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, he's not a slob, yeah. and he's not a bum. He's a professional author. He's accomplished, yeah. He's a successful, accomplished author where a bunch of people want to buy his book. Yeah. You know? And so then with his second book and the other stuff, it's almost like they try to, like, put him back to the loser who can't accomplish anything. And you're like, no, we all know that he can accomplish something. <laughs> he's a successful author. <laughs> to a certain degree, he's more successful than all, all of, of them. them yeah. You know, because, like, all the rest of them are successful locally. He's successful on a global scale. Yeah. Like, you can't take that away from him once you give it to him. So I think, like, as people redeem characters, it's like even with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, there is an element to me that's not as funny now that they have shown these more redeeming qualities of these different characters. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh, well, I don't actually want to laugh at Jake for being kind of a slacker, realizing that he – didn't have a good family life growing up. Yeah. Or that like, oh, he is horrible with his finances because nobody ever taught him how to do a good budget. <laughs> like that's not actually as funny anymore. Yeah. Now I just feel bad for him. Yeah. And I feel like they've done that a little bit. It's still a funny show, but it's not as funny Yeah. because they've had to develop the characters in a way that now the jokes don't land as yeah. well. I think that's where like Gino is so funny because – you didn't really know anything about her. Yeah, everything she made up was like but a lie. But she was like that narcissist where she's like, I am Beyonce's backup dancer, you know, like, yeah. and clearly she's not. But because she's so falsely confident, you yeah. know, that is just, it's funny because it's like she just doesn't care. You can yeah. laugh at that because that character is just bulletproof almost, you yeah. know. And uh, her making fun of other people, we could laugh at her jokes. Because to a certain degree, we're laughing at Gina laughing at someone. Yeah. And we've somewhat felt a little bit better about that. Yeah. You know? Um, so, uh, I don't know. It's just as as we write things, uh, well, obviously, being a lover of comedy, doing stand-up comedy yourself, writing comedy, um, I thought it'd be interesting to talk yeah. about it on this podcast. Um, and then also, as we try to write our own stuff moving forward and continue to make our own work, it's something that I really thought, like made a lot of sense um, and even if there might be a example or two examples exceptions to the rule I think overall I would agree that in any joke you are always laughing at somebody yeah or something something or yeah. some institution you're laughing at the Catholic Church or you're laughing at that the economy or yeah. at you know at at um, uh, capitalism or you're laughing at you know history or the yeah. future or technology or or you're laughing at a person or a people you know i mean so uh you know how to how to manage that to where we don't ever make fun of somebody that we shouldn't yeah even if it's something as simple as i love jill where we're making fun of a nice girl who went out on a date with an awkward guy yeah and now we're making fun of her instead of the awkward guy yeah and also making fun of somebody that we can all in the same vein, I guess it's like two sides of the coin. Don't make fun of somebody that we don't want to laugh at. Yeah. But also makes fun of somebody who we do want to laugh at. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then as we develop them, make sure you don't develop out the part that we want to laugh at. Right. Dwight being a perfect example. Michael being a perfect example of how you develop a character, but still let us laugh at the part that we originally fell in love laughing at. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. It's. I mean, I just. 
have my brain reeling just thinking about all the different kind of like comedies and the rules they set and the pacing and the yeah it, it, I think that's also an important thing to remember as we write is that it's something to learn like it's you don't just some people do have the funny bone and they can say but I think people who have the funny bone it's almost like you're athletically gifted and so of course you're gonna dunk but Basketball is more than just the dunk. It's the IQ of the the court, you know, knowing knowing passing and getting better at field goals, and so it's yeah. all these different ideas. So comedy is the same way is that it's learning the pacing, it's learning yeah. the formula of it, right. and yeah, yeah, you might you might pick up a sport faster because you're athletic and you have more muscle memory or hand eye coordination or yeah. whatever, but you still have to learn how to play the game. Yeah, um, and I think you're right, just because you're just because you have an inherent uh, comedy nature yeah. doesn't mean that you immediately know how to perfectly land a joke every single time. Yeah. Um, and, and definitely how do you apply this one little thing, like how is a joke, how, how is learning how to tell a joke translated into being able to tell an entire movie yeah. of jokes or an yeah. entire show, you know, and I think that's where obviously you are making fun of a lot of different stuff. Yeah throughout the whole yeah. movie or the whole show. Anchorman isn't making fun of one thing. Yeah. It's making fun of tons of things. And even <laughs> all the different characters, yeah. you know, we're making the four of them that are on the staff, the four men that are on the staff, we're making fun of each of them in yeah. different ways. Like Brick, we're obviously making fun of somebody <laughs> who is mentally challenged. You know? That's something yeah. that like over time will that still be appropriate? It's hard to say, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the other ones is like we're making fun of the country redneck, you know, the sports guy, uh, the misogynist. Yeah. Yeah. The misogynist. Well, they're all misogynist. In well, a except way. for kind yep. of Rick. Yeah. Rick. I think that's where that's his redeeming is yeah. that he is like childish. Yeah. Where'd you get He's actually the good person. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but definitely the what was that? Chip. Was that his name? The cowboy sports yeah. guy. Uh, and then, um, is it Paul Rudd, the anchor, the news guy? So Paul the, Rudd is, uh, is he the, uh, the he's the weather, weather man, the weather. Is he? The no, weather? no, that's, that's brick. Brick is the weather. Oh, brick's he, the weather man. Uh, Paul Rudd's like, uh, uh, like the, uh, like, so, uh, like on the street, on the street yeah, person. Yeah. Um, but obviously with Paul Rudd, it's like the womanizer, <laughs> you know, one's the misogynist, one's the womanizer, yeah. um, you know, with his cologne and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously then you have. Uh, yeah, I I think the sports man will probably age the worst because his whole thing is yeah he's misogynist but then you find that he's actually like gay you know uh, that's his whole thing oh, is that yeah. he wants to move in with Ron I love him and that joke I don't think it's gonna age very well but the Paul Rudd one is he's so ridiculous like his cologne smells like pure gasoline yeah. you know the fact that like he's just so full of himself that one could age better I think what makes Brick safe is the fact that he is innocent and he's he's more vacant than he is being something. Right, mentally challenged. Yeah, like yeah. he's just vacant. Yeah. And so I think that's, say, we'll see. That one's still gray. Yeah. And then Ron Right, is, right. There isn't actually a real, ver there isn't a true version of a mentally challenged category right. that Brick would fall into. Right. He's not like, it's not like he's has Asperger's or it's not like right. he's autistic or it's not like he's, you know, 
he's not any yeah. of those specific car- categories. Yeah. It's like he's just like you're saying. It's almost like his brain's brain's not there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's like super intense. Like that's yeah. the thing that Steve Carell says. It's the key to his comedy is his characters 100 percent believe the world that they're in. Yeah, like they they like this is serious. Everything is serious to them, and so like the fact that like Michael Scott, you know, when he's doing crazy characters, he thinks he's like doing it to raise awareness for. You know, right. a, you know, diabetes or something when he's playing Fat Mike or something. You're yeah. like, what? But he's so serious about it and he's so unaware of what the world is. So with Brick, I think it's just like he's trying to be along with the guys. He's trying to be a professional weatherman. Yeah. You know, but once again, like, why are we yelling? Like, yeah. like he's just asking a question. Like, yeah, but when, then he yells it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone else is yelling. And so with Ron, he's great because he is just so full of himself. He thinks he's smarter. He wears turtlenecks, you know, like, yeah. it's all these different things. But as we can see, he's, like, not even in that world. Like, that yeah. world doesn't exist. And then the obscurity of the fact that they can use the conch shell to – I think there's just so many layers that, like, you're like, oh, this is not real life. This yeah. breaks the bounds of reality yeah. where – I think that will age better. That's the obscure yeah. comedy. Yeah, and then definitely like what I mean, you think about like Ron's character and like Anchorman. I think is an interesting. I mean, it's a it's a great movie. Yeah, I mean, it's you know when it came out, everybody thought it was hilarious. Yeah, definitely like helped Will Ferrell's career after SNL take off. Yeah, uh, but if you think about all the different things like the conch shell thing, they're making fun of like. Uh, DC Comics, yeah, and like Aquaman, and the fact that he would like, you know, that he had a yeah. horn, or you know, the classic like horn that collects everybody, yeah. right? They're making fun of like that, like that sort of like mystical comic book, you know, fantasy yeah. world. And they're all there at the pool table, right? yeah. Like some, yeah, yeah. So then it's funny because we're, they're playing on our expectations of like that classic thing of oh, they're all gonna run, and they're yeah. like actually just sitting right there, and he didn't even need to do yeah. that, you know, <laughs> kicking the dog off the bridge, like we're laughing at the dog, yeah. being kicked off the bridge, like yeah. that's a like. You know. Which is funny because I heard a story that they originally tested that and the dog just like disappears. They don't ever like bring him back, and it tested really, really poorly. And a producer came up and was like, "You idiots! You killed the dog! Like, don't kill the dog!" So they had to do a reshoot where Baxter came back, and that whole scene where Baxter come back because it tested so poorly. So the fact that like, yeah, we can we can be shocked at like the dog being kicked off and stuff, but. If, if that had been the end of the joke, like that yeah. would have like left yeah. us like, wow, they really like kicked that dog. Yeah. He's dead. Like right. it makes it a little more real. But the fact that he comes out, saves him from a bear, you right. know, like well, it becomes homeward bound at that point. He comes homeward bound. Yeah. He's like, I am Lord, you know, like yeah. Tell your brothers I say hello, and they're like, yeah. you know, it's like this yeah. whole weird yeah. meta world. It's like it's like all of a sudden Baxter had this whole other story that yeah. we don't even know about, and the. And the fact that Ron is like more in love with Baxter than he is with Veronica or yeah. anyone else in his yeah. life, like Baxter yeah. is truly his best friend. Yeah, that's just yeah. amazing. Is his soulmate, <laughs> and it's a dog. <laughs> and so then he's making fun of dog owners. Yeah, right. He's making fun of even the fact that you know, like, oh, if my dog lost, it would go through this crazy journey yeah. to come back to me, right? Like, <laughs> but like that—that's something that dog owners are okay being made fun yeah. of about, you know. And it's like, but the same people who would have been offended. How dare you kill that dog in that movie? <laughs> yeah. Are now the people that are laughing at themselves yeah. because you're poking fun at you know? So who's the bottom of that joke? Dog owners, yeah, you know, fanatic dog owners, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, which I would probably be in that category. So I can laugh at that because it's funny, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's just even that little sequence. He's eating the burrito. The burrito's too much. That part's not funny, but it's a setup for the joke. Then he throws the burrito <laughs> out the window and he hits Jack Black, <laughs> you know, who's riding his bike. Yeah. Which there's a certain degree. 
We all want to see the guy that's driving in the Harley just wreck like yeah, crazy exactly. because we all find them super annoying, <laughs> yeah. you know? But then he spins out. How oh, That's funny already. Yeah. Like a burrito hitting one of those Harley Davidson yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. Kill would. my hog, bro. Yeah. And then him being like ridiculous about it yeah. and Ron being like, oh, I had no idea, you know? And then him then taking Baxter and kicking him off the bridge. That's funny. <laughs> Even the fact that the it's obviously a fake dog. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. You know, it's like they're the making. Ron's reaction to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like he really had no other reaction to anything in the yeah. movie till that moment. And right. then it was just like pure like, I'm in a glass cage. Yeah. About Which you. once again is making fun of the people who lose their dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like through that whole thing, it's like we're making fun of Harley Davidson people. We're making fun of special effects and movies by yep. the fake dog. It's all, at that point, it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like a Mel Brooks spoof movie, you know? Yeah. So then we're making fun of dog owners yeah. and how he's so escaped, you know? And then we're kind of doing wordplay a little bit, yeah. you know? Um, which is still kind of making fun of him yeah uh you know we're kind of even making fun of ron the character yeah you know in that so it's like in that one little like five minute segment we're making fun of like a ton of different people yeah and it's a ton of jokes all packed on top of each other and i feel like then that's the obviously it's like learning how to tell one good joke where you're making fun of the right person that everybody feels comfortable laughing at yeah. that everybody can that everybody wants to laugh at yeah uh it's great the next level is how do you layer one joke on top of the other on top of the other where each one is making fun of somebody in the appropriate way Yeah, that we all, once again, want to laugh at, feel comfortable laughing at. We don't feel like we're, we don't feel bad for the person who's taking the brunt of the joke. Nobody feels bad for Black, you know, Jack Black. Yeah. But he also doesn't get, like, if that was real life, he would have died. <laughs> you know, like, motorcyclists <laughs> die on a regular basis. Yeah. Those things are like death traps. Yeah. So the fact that he just gets up and it's fine Yeah. after, like, driving on a highway... <laughs> You know, probably going 55 miles an hour and yeah. like spins, you know, like that would not be like a, oh man, I can still use my leg to kick your dog off the bridge. Yeah. You know, so it's just kind of an interesting, you know, when you really break it down to like the core of it. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating thing to like watch comedy and see like, who are they making fun of in this moment? Yeah. And even like how quickly they change. You talked about the AP bio episode, uh, season two, episode four or five. I, don't I think know. it's four. Everybody should watch it. It's great. One of the best episodes. Uh, but, I mean, in all of those, once again, they, they follow, like, four or five characters yeah. and make fun of them. Um, and the ones that they – the ones that are the funniest are the ones that, uh, like, the the part that they're making fun of them about lands the best. Right. You know, the two teachers uh, – the two lady teachers who have this whole thing with this, she spits her cough, friend's coffee on some kid's drawing. Like, it's not as funny. <laughs> right. Because it's not really, it's an, it's a, I love Jill situation. Yeah. Like, we're not really wanting to laugh at them about yeah. that. Yeah. If anything, it's kind of sad. Yeah. That they're doing that. Yeah. Like, sad for them, sad for the kid. Yeah. The janitor, on the other hand, who's just trying to have this nice <laughs> meditating moment in the bathroom because he wants he cleans the bathroom and it's perfect, and now he's gonna like meditate he's in the bathroom, yeah. which is funny to make fun of the idea of a janitor meditating in the bathroom, and then everything goes wrong. Yeah. He starts like he tries to get one little piece of gum off of a pipe water under like a water pipe under the sink, starts spraying water everywhere. Yeah. Then that sprays water somewhere else. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the whole bathroom starts flooding and then he breaks the sink. His then, mop's on fire because he had a Buddha candle because he was getting Yeah. And so it's just like everything just gets worse and worse yeah. for this poor janitor. <laughs> but we all kind of want to laugh at it because 
like there's a part of us that like we all feel comfortable laughing at yeah. a janitor. Yeah. If you did that same joke to a group of janitors, they might not find right. it as funny. Well, I don't think it's I I think in that one I don't think it's making fun of the janitor. I think it's the situational comedy where it was this zen moment. There's there's a lot of layers there. Yes, it's the janitor. Like, why would he be zen in that moment? But it's the fact that it's a bathroom. And then it's the fact that, like, everything chaos. You know, like, yeah. it goes from one moment where it's still and quiet. And then he's holding it and the kid comes in. He's like, God, you know, it's just. And then finally, there's just, like, water. And he just, like, resigns and just lays back and just, like, you know, accepts it and almost has zen in, in the chaos. And, uh, and so that's going on there. And then, uh, Helen and Ralph, like, like that line kills me every time. She's just simply talking about what happened. She's like, "Somebody put a gerbil in the vending machine. He's G six, Ralph. He's two dollars. Like, just, just like, <laughs> what? Like, she's talking about like what's happening in the day. And this is all before like the day started because the principal was like, "We gotta grab the day by the horns because they're the Rams." Yeah. Like, it's just like we're seeing. It's just a domino effect of, like, chaos that's happening. So, like, yeah, sure, the teachers, it's not as funny, but they still have their thing going on. Yeah. The coach is, like, racked with guilt because he found $10 of a dead man's, you know, crossing guard thing, and he's convinced that it's cursed. And, you know, like, like he's having an existential yeah. crisis where he's doing his thing. Our main character is wanting his seat back, and he's going above and beyond. And it's just like there's all these layers of one person's having the worst day of their life. Another person's having just a normal squabble with a friend and trying to blame someone else on it and working together. Coach is – he's individual. He's having, you know, this like – conscious you know crisis where he's like the whole day he's like this is my ten dollars i you know normal ten dollars and he buys a burrito and he's just like it's cursed and gives it to a student and feels the weight lifted off of that so uh it's really interesting and then the gerbil goes from g6 to like m5 or whatever and it's four dollars now you know uh the hamster or whatever it was so it's it's if the situation that's i would call that the situational comedy of yes with situational comedies you're going to have the person who is in that situation but the funny thing is everything that's happening around because yeah, we've all I had would, that well, i would i would agree that the situation is is the setup for the yeah. comedy but i think their reaction oh, to what is happening is what's funny yeah and that's that and would be that, the situational comedy well yeah yeah but i'm saying you're saying that the brunt or the the butt of the joke is the situation, yeah. and I'm saying the butt of the joke is the person's reaction, reaction to it. To the so what is funny is still Helen. Yeah, we're laughing at <laughs> Helen's reaction. She's so when she sad. comes in, yeah. right? We're laughing at the janitor's yeah. reaction to the water flooding. Yeah, like if it was a actual normal janitor, he would just go outside, turn the water off. Yeah. <laughs> And it would be over, right? <laughs> right? He wouldn't try to hold two things yeah, at the same yeah. time because that doesn't work, you know? <laughs> to that degree, it's almost like a Buster Keaton, you know, kind of situation yeah. where it's it's comical because they're, hold, hold this pipe, but then the water yeah. starts shooting out of this pipe. I go and hold the, you know, pipe A, and it starts squirting out of B. If yeah. I hold B, it squirts out of A. I can't hold them both at the same time. Yeah. Maybe I can reach my foot over, you know, and then it's, it's a classic, you know, that kind of comedy. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is what situational comedy is. Yeah, yeah, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, and maybe you weren't saying this, but it seemed like you were saying that the 
the situation. The situation is what. No, we're I, the I think of the joke. there has to be a reaction. Yeah, for it so, to be situation. Yeah, and so I'm saying I think we're still laughing yeah. at Helen, the janitor, Definitely. the coach. Yeah, you know, and so it wasn't as funny. The uh, two teachers, yeah, who spilled the coffee on the kid's drawing, and then she then ends up trying to wipe it up, and right. it looks horrible. So then she tries to recreate the drawing, and it, yeah. it looks even worse. Yeah. And so then they then blame it on other students at the yeah. beginning of class and say, you guys all have to stop, like, messing up each other's art. It's not fair yeah. to the students and who work so hard care. on it. And yeah, yeah. the students care. That joke isn't as funny yeah. because their reaction to it, that situation, yeah. isn't that funny. Right. You know, just in the same way that if the janitor had just gone outside and turned the pipes off, that wouldn't have been as funny. I also think that situation isn't as funny as the everything just yeah, going that's chaos, true. you know. Like it would be another thing if like she had spilled coffee on that thing, tried to fix it, and then like it was you know, something got set on fire or something, you know, like it's it just escalates to the But point even where them, if they had been in the bathroom instead of the janitor, because of how they've written the janitor, he's written as the simpleton janitor. Right. You know, he's kind of overweight. Right. He thinks that he could ask a girl out, one of the teachers <laughs> yeah, he's out. Cross-eyed, that's like, that's yeah. way out of his league. Yeah. You know, I mean, they kind of write him as your stereotypical comedy janitor. Yeah. You know, the, well, hey there. Yeah. You know, real, you know. And so then him in a situation that is like, getting more and more out of control yeah. is funny because of who he is. Yeah, as a and character. that's what Buster Keaton was yeah. or, or uh, Charlie Chaplin and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. I guess that's why I'm going back is just I think even in that kind of thing, the ones that were the funniest were the ones that we enjoyed yeah. laughing at that person, yeah. you yeah. know, um, and the situation that they were in. Yeah. You know, the like, two. Like Helen being so mournful over Gerbil. Yeah. Like Helen's character is somebody who's too intense. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you put her in a situation where kids do a funny prank. Yeah. And she takes it so seriously. Yeah. And just so sp- specific and being like, it's $2. And you know? even the fact that it's $2, two do- exactly. is She's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, like like she probably has $2 yeah. in her purse. You know, but the fact that she's like, it's $2. It's $2. We need the $2. Yeah, it's a you know? crisis. Yeah. And it's funny because we know that that's yeah. who she is. It's her reaction. If it had been a reverse, and what's the actual main guy's name? Not the real star, but what's his character's name in AP Bio? Uh, Jack. 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 Yeah, if if it was Jack, the guy who's a cynic and doesn't yep. care and thinks he's better than everybody else, he would have been like, oh, by the way, there's a gerbil in there. It's yeah. two bucks. Yeah, yeah, And it wouldn't have been as funny. Yeah. You know, but it's because it's her. So, you know. Yeah. Once again, it's going back to that whole thing of like, yeah. you know, if you want to write good comedy, you got to make fun of somebody yeah. or something yeah. that we can all laugh at. Yeah. And it has to be something that we feel comfortable laughing at. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, and even build that character ahead of time to where we know when we put them in that situation, that's the person that we want to laugh exactly. at the most. Exactly. Versus somebody else. You know, if yeah. you take the care, the teachers, the three little friend teachers are all like the real practical street smart girls. Yeah. So putting them in a situation where they can't control it isn't really that funny yeah. because their whole thing is that they can control anything. Yeah, exactly. But then you have Coach who is such a play-by-the-rules, like do-the-right-thing type type of guy. He's racked with guilt. Over $10. Over $10, you know, yeah. and then like believing like 
that is cursed and you know like yeah. and just the way he is he talks yeah. like this you know yeah. that's hilarious because it's just like he that's so truthful to who his character is yeah or or the you know helen or yeah the janitor who who thinks he's you know Zen, everything's Zen and stuff. And yeah, then, well, and even like the fact that he meditates in the bathroom is even <laughs> funny because he seems like the most like down to earth, yeah. chill dude. Yeah, you know who only graduated from high school. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and then all of a sudden he goes and like sets up a little incense <laughs> and like has this little Buddha moment yeah. inside the bathroom. Yeah, like you wouldn't think that he would do that in general. Yeah, and then him doing that in the bathroom, yeah. where like you know that there's urine on that floor. You know, like it's a high school bathroom. Uh, And he's going to do Indian style and sit there and have a meditation in the bathroom. It's like, no, no, no. It's called crisscross applesauce now. (laughs) That's right, crisscross applesauce. Can't say the other thing. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and even how that episode begins, it's all the lights are turned off and he's turning everything on and Helen's just standing in there in the dark. You know, he's like, Helen, you can turn the lights on. Nope, why don't I take your job? Right, right, because she takes everything so seriously. She's so believing in that. Yeah, she's so committed to anything related to school. So to wrap it up, here's a little tool to write better comedy. And even if you're not trying to write comedy like we are, just another tool to sit back and when you're watching comedy, try to kind of peel back a little bit of a little layer and try to see how the mechanics of it are working, you know, and and why some jokes land well and why some jokes don't land as well or why some jokes age well and why some jokes don't age well. And kind of, you know, it's a little interesting thing to watch as you're watching different comedy. Well, as always, Ryan, this has been a pleasure. I hope uh, to talk with you again about many, many other things. And uh, I never plan on talking to you again. <laughs> See what I did there? I made a joke at your expense. That was good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, we hope to see you next week. Yep. I'm Todd. I'm Ryan. Bye. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.